following audio transmission was received from an unknown radio source within the northeastern region of the continental United States. The radio signal has been deciphered from a secret broadcasting facility and is now being transmitted to your listening device. This is the Nostalgia Cafe. And welcome back to the greatest memories of your childhood, the Nostalgia Cafe. We're glad you found us. I'm Dan Morrow. And I am Sam Seitels, and this music every time. It's so it's it captures the essence of this show. Oh, can't get enough of it. No, not at all. Dan, I brought you a surprise. Did you really? I sure did. Listen, I would have done this last time, but I didn't know. Is it Arnold? Is it Sylvester? And through that uh, podcast, we all decided Sylvester. Sylvester. So uh, bef- Sly. without further ado, <laughs> I brought a little something to add to our collection. See, uh, for those of you who, who might have not heard, we have a, a little Mr. Rogers perler bead because uh, I'm a grown man who plays with beads. We're going to take a picture right now. We got the beautiful Karen joining in with us. Hello. Let me put a little music to this one. Wrapped in toilet paper is my gift. Here we go. Here we go. Open it up now. Here we go. Only the finest for you, Rocky. As if this was glass. keeping it classy. Oh, look how cute. Little Rocky. Oh, that's me. Yeah. We're going to take a picture here. Taking away. There we go. Check out our Instagram. And he's going to go back on. He's going to go next to Mr. Rogers right there. The collection is <laughs> We're growing. Have a cool collection right now. <laughs> Darn right. Um, little update. We're going to get the studio remodeled. We're, <gasps> we're getting new flooring and stuff. So we're going to have a new studio and another little surprise. We're waiting, by the way, we're waiting for a call from the amazing Catherine Mary Stewart from Great. Are the great '80s classics, Whoa. "The Last Starfighter," "Weekend at Bernie's," um, "A Night of the Comet," "Night of the Comet." I was watching a little bit of that today. So good. Yeah, I was watching a lot of "Weekend at Bernie" highlights and stuff. But but we're gonna go upgrading, and I think we may go video oh. as well. Oh, you guys are hearing this as soon as I am. Yep, and I did secure the Nostalgic Cafe YouTube channel. Oh, yes. Moving up in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say this uh, this space, I'm glad we have it, but it's just not up to par with what we're bringing. No, no, we bring thunder. <laughs> we bring the thunder, ba-boom. We, we bring the thunder. Man. I... Just double check. I'm just going to make sure there was no... Uh... No, she said she'll be there. Sounds oh, yes. good. Thank you, Catherine. Sounds good. She'll be calling in about two minutes. So and here I am wasting my phone all day. Yeah, <laughs> thinking I, I should charge this thing, but <laughs> I think it's going to be all right. How you doing, Karen? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little loopy, as you you heard. Uh, we were on the fantastic we're podcastic recovering. duo. We're recovering. <laughs> we're recovering. You got to stay on your toes with those two guys. Yes, you do. With with the fantastic podcastic duo, Andy and Ray. I've known them all my life. Were they, have they always been like this? Always. Been always. Like, well, I've never had the pleasure of seeing them two together. Really? You know, Ray has always done his thing. Andy has always done his his thing. They, they've never really done anything together until the podcasting started. Mm. Yeah. So if we bring the thunder, man, they bring the... 
I don't know. They bring the hurricane. Right? Yeah, they sure do. Pretty they bring much. the tornado. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, we survived it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. You can catch that. Uh, they're on Apple Podcasts. They're on uh, Google and Spotify and all those listening platforms. It's the uh, fan. Fantastic podcasting duo. If you want to hear the interview of uh, me and Sam, if you want to get to hear excerpts of actually me and Sam maybe answering a question or two. <laughs> Ray this can, is true. Yes, Ray. Ray can Ray, talk. Yes. yes, you can. Ray was like, wait, reel it in. Reel it in. <laughs> Sharing his feelings. He thinks everyone hates him. <laughs> he thinks everyone hates him. Ray Shipion, nobody hates you. We love you, man. No. But not as much as Catherine. No. No, you've become quite a new fan of of Catherine. Okay, I I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this to her when she calls. Didn't I've seen Weekend at Bernie's, but the name I just uh, Catherine who who I didn't know. And mm-hmm. boy oh boy, I am glad I jumped on that train. I have become uh, an immense fan, mm-hmm. and that's not I'm not just saying that for the podcast to build this up. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen Night of the Comet, if you have not seen The Last Starfighter. You're missing out. I am telling you, it it holds up today. And not only does it hold up, it is fun. It's everything that why we're doing this podcast. The eighties, the the time of back then. It was so fun. I think I think those two movies exemplify eighties films. And Last Starfighter just exemplifies the eighties culture. Uh video games and and the uh, the significance of video games and and gatherings and arcades and just in particular. The arcades. And just the film itself was one of the first films to show CGI. It was it was an actual gamble. This was at a time when it was definitely they were going to use models for everything, and and they went ahead and just started to experiment with CGI. <gasps> and this this is it. Hold on oh. for a second. Hold on for a second. The phone's ringing. Hello. Hello. Oh, <laughs> snap! It's Catherine. Is this Catherine Mary Stewart? <laughs> Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Oh, oh, wrong number. <laughs> wrong number. Your car, your car warranty has expired. Exactly. I was going to sell you some insurance. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to everyone. Um, I've been in contact with you. Uh, I'm, I'm Dan. I've been the one emailing you and sending you um, and stalking you pretty much with with the emails. With me is yeah. my good friend Sam Seitels. Hi, Catherine. Nice to meet you. Hi, He's Sam. A f- Former pro wrestler, now he owns a daycare. Yes, I do. And with wow, we yeah, yes. I know you're about like two ends of the spectrum there. <laughs> I know you don't see that story very often, and I just want to know. I want you to know that I'm a huge fan, knowing that your family were educators. Yes, they, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, they were. And, and also with us is my beautiful wife, the beautiful Karen. Ow! Hello. Ow! Karen. I love it. I love it. I love the howl. <laughs> that was all me. Dan, I know you have a whole list of questions. Well, the one thing I have to start yes. is just you, you've gone through this pandemic in 2020. Have you had any moments where you've gone outside on the streets of New York and just said, oh, I've lived this before? <laughs> Because it's identical to Night of the Comet. <laughs> I know it. That's that's so funny that you say that. Because, you know, there was lots of comparisons in the early days of the pandemic with Night of the Comet, obviously. Because, yeah, I mean, the streets were deserted in downtown Los Angeles. I have to say, I mean, a lot of people have run from New York, but... 
it's really like on the street level, it still feels like there's a ton of people here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just sort of weird. You know, you, you never sort of feel like the city is deserted. It's uh, constantly going. It is truly the city that never sleeps, mm. even in a darn pandemic. Even when they're told <laughs> to sleep, they never sleep. <laughs> please sleep. Please <laughs> Just take a nap. Down. Just take a nap. I know. To this day, to this day, I think of you every time it's, it's late at night, I'm coming home and I'm at a red light. And I'm thinking of the scene of you on the motorcycle where you're saying, should I, should I not? You know what? I'm just going through it. And it's because of you that I've racked up $3,600 in in camera ticket, in traffic cam fines. Not true. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Sam, go ahead. Yeah, that was such a great scene, though. I mean, so much fun to shoot as well because we're, and truly, they, Back in the day, you could never do this again. I mean, that was like such an iconic uh, scenario because it cannot be duplicated. And I'm not sure that it was, I don't know. I'm was that, not a, was that done a in, you know, film historian. But did, did they yeah, shut the ahead. streets off? Was that done after hours or before hours? Or Well, it was, I, from my recollection, I, I have to get this, I, you know, I, I sort of like guessing. But we shot around Christmas and... Literally, downtown LA was not a place where anybody lived. There were homeless people there a little bit, but mostly it was like banks and big hotels that pretty much put bankers up when they came into town to do, uh, you know, like meetings and things like that. So the city shuts down during the holidays. It it truly used to. Now it's a it's a huge hub for uh, you know a place for people to live. the cool place to live now in LA. But at that time during the holidays, it completely shut down. I would even go as far as to say it was pretty much shut down on weekends. But um, yeah, in retrospect, it's, it's unbelievable that we could do that because this also was a very small budget movie. As we all know, it was less than a million dollars. And I don't think, I don't think we had the budget to like hire a bunch of cops to hold off um, traffic and things like that. We just sort of were clandestinely going <laughs> to downtown LA shooting these little scenes. Um, and it, it, again, it's like in retrospect, you look back at that and go, that's so unbelievable that we were able to do that. You know, the whole final scene where, you know, we do not cross against the light. That was downtown L.A. Um, And there was nobody there. Nothing. There was nothing there. Wow. Wow. So, uh, Catherine, I have to be honest with you. Uh, My partner, Dan Morrow, and I, the way we do this show is I write a list of people I want to speak to, and he writes a list. Like, I'm an 80s baby, so I'm picking Ninja Turtles and, you know, Transformers. (laughs) And uh, Dan Morrow was the one who picked you. So, uh, I'm a- I love you, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Now- My friend Antimo just passed out. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. Oh, my God. Fans of Catherine are- People are in love with you, first of all second of all let me tell you something so i i'm late to the party but now i want to host that party i want an annual catherine party i (laughs) I, do it yes yes so (laughs) for the first time i'm watching these movies uh you know last star i'm i'm loving all of it but um there's one of them 
one of them changed my life. Uh oh, I'm nervous now. Yeah, maybe you should be you because should be. I <laughs> I have not been the same ever since I watched this little gem called Apple. Yep, that was a gem, all right. Oh my <laughs> god! Diamond in the rough. No, I had to watch it twice because the first time I had a couple drinks and I was like, "Is this just me, or is this movie like this?" Yeah, and then you you watch it sober, and then you go, no, it's better with drinks. Oh, yes. And maybe a little pot. One million percent. I mean, first of all, it's absolutely bonkers. You are superb, and everyone is. Everyone's superb in that movie, but just one question. What? (laughs) (laughs) It's a simple question. Uh, Well, listen, I was... um, the Apple is what introduced me to showbiz in the first place in terms of acting. <laughs> I was a dancer. I mean, um, and, and I, I was in London. England, We're watching the trailer as you speak. Oh, and I, I, are you, are you high at all? No. <laughs> We're good. Well, Sam and I are that, drinking, but. <laughs> oh, that's very good. I've had a couple of glasses of wine myself. I actually think, me. I think this, this, I think this movie actually might be getting us high. <laughs> no, in all fairness, in all fairness, if, if you, if it's, a sign of the times back then. You had Xanadu. Robert Stigwood was putting out uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with the with the Bee Gees and Frampton. You know, so so it is a sign of the it times. It was. It was trying to fit into a genre, it, it, but it had this sort of skewed kind of canon film um, vision, which didn't necessarily fit into the American kind of flow of that particular genre mm-hmm. but i mean it, he they literally menachem golam and Yoram globus created this movie to break into the um, american film industry they were big <laughs> in israel but they created this because they thought this was gonna this was going to break them in and and people would you know sit up and take notice um, but there was, there's just like something lost in the translation somehow. <laughs> Having <What>? said that, <laughs> it's what, um, I, I literally was, uh, training in, in London and I went to this audition and it was like a cattle call dance audition for this, you know, new feature film rock musical. And, um, I was pulled out of the, dance audition and asked to read for the role of BB, which I did, and they thought I was right for it. So uh, that's what, it was completely random. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, who knew? <laughs> uh, and, and the reason that I even went to this audition was by chance. It was like, I happened on my way to class, I happened to run into a couple of my fellow dancers on their way, sort of walking in the office opposite direction and I was like why where what why aren't you going to class and they're like well we heard about this audition and we thought we'd take advantage of it and I thought I'm gonna tag along and see what happens hmm. and part of the audition was you know having a, a song prepared having this prepared having that prepared and I was just like eh, okay here I am amongst all these 200 people, you know, dancing away. <laughs> and um, so, I mean, it, it was just insane how I ended up in the role. 
no intention at all going into it. And I just, and went with the flow and, and truly I was BB. I was just this, you know, naive, sweet, very green, little, so incredibly green, (laughs) but I had, you know, this dance background, which, which kind of nourishes this amazing work ethic. I mean, dancers are the hardest workers in the world. They truly are. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had that going for me. So I was very resilient. Um, and uh, I did this movie, and I loved every single second of it. Yes. <laughs> I did. Well, good. I loved it. It was so fun. And look at the, the cast. Laddick Shable, um, Joss Ackland. I mean, they they. they, they had a couple of incredible actors in it and um and an incredible musicians um george gilmore alan love uh grace kennedy they were all professional singers and musicians um and then there was me <laughs> they're like okay and where do i go where do i go you want me to say what <laughs> so people great. got it, it people on set realized how bonkers this was um, well, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not going to say that because every, I, and honestly, that one of the reasons I believe that the Apple is so incredibly it's a cult great, it, it's so incredibly great in its, in its bonkersness is because there was such integrity behind it. Mm. You know, it was, it wasn't done to be bonkers. It was done with incredible honesty and integrity and, and drive and, and there was a goal and, and, um, and, and I think that that's in a weird sort of way. That's why, you know, people are drawn to it. If you try to make something bonkers, then it's like, Oh, they're trying to be bonkers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> it's in sort of in retrospect that we go, yeah, that was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> My family's actually from Israel. So now that I know that, it's making a little more sense of how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Menachem Golan was huge in Israel. He made some brilliant movies there. And he was, this was his entree in his mind to the American film industry. Um, you got to start you know, somewhere. Then you got to start somewhere. And, you know, he, he ended up creating canon films and, and whatever that was. But um, he, he, you know, he made a mark. Uh, I don't think he felt like he was as appreciated as he wanted to be. But, you know, he was passionate, man. Whew, that man was passionate. But he's got oh. it. And, and film lasts forever, you know, uh, no matter what you can say. You know, talk to anyone else. I mean, you, know, you can't any, burn any, all the copies, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Ask any critic, you know, where's your occult classic? Where's your cult classic, rather? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I feel like so, so many of her movies are cult classics. They are. Well, especially especially The Last Starfighter. That came out of nowhere. And it's 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 underrated in many aspects um you could look at it at face value as a successful film of the 80s but when you realize it was directed by nick castle who is underrated as a director and nobody even knows his first breakout performance 
Halloween? Is that what it was? He or? was the, the original <laughs> Michael Myers. Right. At that time. I, and here's, here's the weird thing is I, I am not a horror film person. So it was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> So, but it is a it's a really cool story. Yeah, it it is, uh, and and it was one of the first films to really utilize and take advantage of CGI. Well, that is kind of an amazing it thing. Was, I, it's just a groundbreaking uh, film. It, it was. I mean, as simplistic as it looks now, of course, it was groundbreaking. They were literally creating the programs for the special effects as we were filming, because they weren't sure if they were going to use traditional special effects or if they were going to use CGI. And so they had these people working in the background, literally creating CGI programs that have been built upon to this day. I mean, and people I don't think really necessarily believe this, but The Last Starfighter really was foundational for cgi today um yeah because because the audience looked at it and they didn't mock it they 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 believed it and and they they let it um they embraced it and Mm -hmm. and that's just a bold testament to to nick castle and the and the producers Mm -hmm. to make such a, a a statement like that and and the film itself is just a wonderful film uh you play maggie and 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 it's such a, a great great film. Uh, anybody who has not seen it, shame on you. Mm, tisk, tisk. I, I highly recommend you seeing it. And one of one of the things is, and I don't know how much time you actually got to spend with the with uh, with this man, but um, you're dealing one of one of Nick Castle's things to um, one of the things he wanted to do was get the music man himself mm-hmm. Robert Preston to reprise mm-hmm. his character in the music man mm-hmm. that's correct I mean literally the role was written for Robert Preston Nick Castle's father was uh, it, gosh I, I, I'm really bad at this but uh, he, he was also very involved with like dance and musical theater I believe and you know you need to look this up, but no, I think he was. Sort of, he he was. Yeah, I think because he yeah. utilized movements and stuff as Michael Myers that he learned from his dad. Oh, like subtleties yeah. and stuff that he learned. Wow, right. So that's sort of the 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 root of the whole Robert Preston thing. It was it it, it, it was sort of genetically ingrained in Nick Castle, but he he loved Robert Preston. And wanted to create this role and I, for him, and Robert Preston accepted the role and was brilliant, of course, as he is or was. And it was his last feature film, actually, that he did. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I never got to actually be on the set with him, which was a drag. Ah. But I've heard lots of great stories from Lance. Lance just is a huge admirer of him and, and his work ethic again. This is Lance um, Guest, your co-star. That's correct. Um, because Lance was this young, you know, enthusiastic, sort of energetic uh, actor, and 
he really was into rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing it. And so he would, uh, this is, this is a story from Lance. I'm just sharing with you that he would say, you know, do you mind if we just run it? And, and Robert Preston was just super gracious and like, whatever you want to do, you know, if Lance didn't want to run the lines, he would have been fine with that. But Lance was really into like, you know, really nailing the scenes before they actually shot. And, and I guess he was very gracious about that. But I did get to finally meet him when we were doing some reshoots at the studio. And um, he had apparently been in there just before me and was leaving when I arrived. And I was introduced to him. And he took my hand and he looked me just, Right in the eye, and he said, "It is a pleasure to meet you." And he kissed my hand, and I was just like, (laughs) 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 because he's he's a beautiful man. I mean, what you see is what you get, is what I feel like. You know, he's just a beautiful human being, and and he had this sort of halo of gold stardust around him, and I was young and in my. 20s, I guess, at that time, or young 20s, and I don't know how old he was, probably 60-ish, and I was like, I love you. (laughs) Basically how Um, we're feeling talking to you right now. (laughs) So so I'm new to these movies, and yes, there's the CGI, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might just be just saying this off my uh, from what I think but the reason why I love this movie so much all your movies it it doesn't rely so much on the special effects crazy yeah it's there but there's also these like really awesome characters that you can relate to you can connect with like you're an awesome character your boyfriend's an awesome guy like I felt that I feel like the movies nowadays take advantage of that CGI and it's cool to look at but can you connect to it I don't know no there was a really good story behind the film yeah, I, I mean, the story itself of the film, it, it's just a great story. And the effects just add, it was that nice little icing on the cake. And, you know, it. but it, it held on, it held its own, just the story alone. It was just a good Because if it was just CGI, I mean, 1980-something CGI isn't going to impress anyone now. But, man, I was I was so into you and, and just the, uh, are you agreeing? Like, do you think that they're relying too heavily, heavily on CGI now as opposed to actual character development? I do. Well, I, I think that that's one of the reasons these films from back then that are, you know, character-driven are, it's kind of this huge uh, tsunami of nostalgia going on nowadays. Um, you know, especially with, the, you know, kids that watch these movies, it may have been kind of a pivotal time in their life as well. Maybe it was, you were, it, this was maybe the first movie you got to go see without your parents or something like that. And it was safe to go see. I think that has something to do with it. I mm. think um, VHS has a lot to do with it because it was available on VHS and perhaps, you know, both parents were working, you'd come home from school and you'd throw in, you know, Last Starfighter or Night of the Comet or something like that. And that would be, to a certain degree, your babysitter for a while, a harmless <laughs> kind of babysitter. But I also thoroughly believe that 
there's a real lack of character-driven, relatable movies, especially, yes. um, I hate to say American, but there's it, the, the industry is money-driven mm. completely nowadays. For and sure. I, feel, I feel like the people that are in power and, and in control, um, they're not artists. They're, mm. they're not there because they want to see great art. They're there because they want to make a ton of money. And so they could piggyback on whatever the last thing was. To yes, a lot of yeah. money. It, it's very yeah. corporate driven. It's very corporate. Uh, Tim exactly. Burton. Tim Burton was working on a film for Disney. And every time he was doing something, Disney was saying, and I believe it was Disney. They were saying, mm-hmm. well, you have to think more of, the action figures that were going to be making, ah, and and everything yeah, yeah. was going to be branded, and he just could, he had, he walked off the film, mm. and it's during the eighties. Mm. You had a lot of investors who just loved movies and thought mm-hmm. that that and they wanted to cash in on it, and mm-hmm. some of them were from little shady areas, <laughs> you know, some of them had shady backgrounds, but they loved films and they wanted to be a part of the industry, mm-hmm. and that's why you had a lot of companies that never got to the 90s because the businesses just fell through. They didn't know how to run a film business, but they loved it so much, mm-hmm. and that's why they would mm-hmm. throw so much money into it. And then mm-hmm. and then Coca-Cola and all the uh, Japanese corporations started buying things up, and mm-hmm. it, was, it, was more, it was more product-driven mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to stories. You know, because Last yeah. Starfighter is pure Joseph Campbell. So much heart. You take a kid from... Nowhere, it's Luke Skywalker. You take him from out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. you give him this adventure. He's got a mentor, and and he just goes on on this quest. And he's from a relatable place, yes. you know. It's not even like a lot of people say, "Oh, you took the theme off Star Wars." Well, Star Wars, you know, I guess you can relate to it on a certain level. But I mean, this kid was from a trailer park now. You know, right. mm-hmm. and then he gets thrust into this extraordinary situation, but he's still a, a real human being that we can relate to. He lives in the trailer park. He wants to date, go out on a date with his girlfriend. He can't because he's got responsibility to his mom and yeah. a, a single mom. And, you know, he lives a very simple life. He can't get into the college that he wants to get. These are issues that are relatable now as as mm-hmm. they were back then, you know, and and I think that's a, a quality that is missing in a lot of movies is that you look at this junk and you go, God, oh, that's fantastic, and your adrenaline is off the charts and blah blah blah. But you go home and you you sit there and, and like remember all the characters and relate to them. I don't know that you do. I mean, talk about them thirty years later. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's, I mean, let's, it, it's very I, yeah. Go ahead. Let's I talk. Do a, think oh, it, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I do think it goes back to what we talked about the last one. With they're just redoing everything from that time period. It's just a rehash. Now, it's just yeah. a re, yeah. They're just, just recycling. Yeah. Let's let. What about mm, going yeah. from Maggie, the girl next door, mm-hmm. to Regina, the badass zombie killer? Such a badass. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's, yeah, I mean, one of the things that really attracted me to that character was, you know, I was cast in lots of junk where I was the girl next door from 
days of our lives, you know, the first Kayla Brady, the virginal nurse, blah, blah, to, uh, you know, uh, the last starfighter where I was the girlfriend that, you know, I, I love the character of May, I have to say. But um, when Night of the Comet came along, I was looking at this character going, okay, this is great. It's a departure from, you know, what I've been sort of, I don't know, cast in before. And um, truly more of who I am as a human being. And I, I love the badass that so zombie much. killer. I, Damn right. I, I'm such a fan. I mean, I, oh my god, I'm such a fan. I, I grew up being a badass zombie killer. <laughs> That's my mo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, when when that came along, I was like, um, uh, absolutely. Can I say that on this show? Mm-hmm. Um, You're the first one to do it. So <laughs> yeah. we tried to get we tried to get Mr. McFeely to say it, but he wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take much to get me to say it. Um, anyway, yeah. So that that character was so much fun for me to play. I didn't have to. Pre- you know, I, I sort of felt this obligation to like tone myself down and raise my voice a little bit, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, be the innocent girl next door thing. And this was like, now I can be me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love like, like the whole scene in the alley fighting the zombie. Oh my God. I was in heaven doing all that junk. Um, uh, just the physical stuff and the dancing and the, all that shooting guns. Ugh, I was in heaven. <laughs> well, that's where your dancing pays off. That's where, you, like Steve Jobs I'm says, you. you don't know what why you're doing this until you look back and you realize you connect the dots and see how it all pays off. Because you're doing kicks <laughs> and and all kind of these uh, dancing around stunts. a mall. <laughs> well, she's beating I up know, zombies right? like kung fu style and stuff. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. No, I, you, even at the time, I was like, okay, now I'm in my element, you know, because absolutely the physicality of the whole thing it just played into my comfort zone. So I have, I have a few friends who are immense fans of yours. Uh, my friend Mike Spagnola, he owns a punk rock store here in New Jersey. and he, he's, Of course he does. Of course he does. And, uh, Mike Spagnola? <laughs> so he has a two-part question. I don't the the answer to the first one. I don't know. He wants to know if you'll marry him. Uh, <laughs> but the well, second, let, let me talk to my husband about. Yeah. It. Not, let me just put it this like we're not Mormon, but oh, technicalities <laughs> always. Yeah. Technical. But he also <laughs> wanted to know um, what it was like working with. Uh, he's a big fan also of Mary Warrenov. Uh, yes, awesome. So what was that like? What was it like to work with her? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, you know, you can mostly be Kelly worked with her. Oh, no, no, no. She's, <laughs> she's awesome. I mean, I was just in awe of her. Are you kidding? I was just like, oh, because uh, eating Raul, I'd seen eating Raul. And, and then Robert Beltran as well, by the way, um, which I was blown away. Uh, eating Raul is just the craziest movie ever. I love it. Um, so I was in awe of the fact that she was doing this. And I think maybe she was the reason Robert Beltran eventually, uh, agreed to do the movie or it might've been vice versa, whatever, <laughs> but, uh, what an asset I have to say. 
Um, you know, mostly Kelly worked with her, but she was on the set. We were on the set at the same time. But she's very kind of like, you know, um, in her own, she, into, I don't know if it's into character, whatever it is, but she's not Miss Social person, like, hey, how you doing? Kind of like me. I just right. want to do. I'm so annoying. You're fine. Um, You're so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she was awesome. She was so awesome in that role. And, and uh, yeah, I, I don't, I have nothing but good things to say about it. I mean, Kelly Maroney, have you spoken to Kelly Maroney? No. About? No. She, You're going to have to set direct. that up for us. Hook us up. <laughs> I am happy to do that. Yes. I'm happy to do that. Um, but she has some great stories. And she's also like in awe of um, Mary Warnoff uh, because of just how, like the scene where Mary Warnoff is giving her the shot, she just was like, she was so gentle and beautiful with me. And, and she had, she just has nothing but good things to say about her. So yeah, what an awesome human being. Awesome. Awesome. One of the things you, you do a lot of TV films, uh, TV movies, mm-hmm. and that's one area. It's one genre where it's, it's usually an ensemble cast of every actor, character, actor you could think of, and you get to watch them work and, and do their thing. And what are, who are some of the actors that just really stood out where you're like, I'm taking that, I'm stealing that, and I'm going to use that? <laughs> well, um, look, I work with some incredible people and things like Hollywood Wives and Spins and, and these, these mini series that I did back in the 80s where there, it seemed to be like the sweet spot to collect these incredibly iconic actors that are iconic to this day um, that were willing to do like schlocky <laughs> <laughs> mini series. But did they ever sit um, with you at a table read and say, "What the hell are we doing here?" <laughs> uh, Probably we not. Never. I, <laughs> no, we didn't. But um, we never sat at a table read. That would have been. But you know, at, at, at that time also, I was I was very new and young, and and did. Although in retrospect, I really appreciate all the people that I worked with. At the time, I was just kind of like just trying to survive. It was a job. I remember. It was a job, but I, I, I knew that these were, you know, good actors. I'd seen them before and, and, and lots of things. Like, for instance, um, on Hollywood Wives, mm-hmm. uh, I was just, ugh, honest to God, just so <laughs> young and naive. Yes. And, and I was just like, nobody was interested in, in spending any time with me because they'd been in the business. Like, Candace Bergen and Joanna Cassidy were really close and they would laugh and yuck it up about stuff and I was so not in on um, you know in their league but <laughs> Angie Dickinson took me under her wing and made me feel comfortable and she was so sweet to me you have to understand I was new I was green I was an idiot <laughs> and everybody else had been there, you know, doing whatever it is they do for the longest time. And, and they all have their they clicks. Like, they all, they're all doing their thing. Well, they're doing their thing. I mean, I don't know. They just weren't 
it was a, like you said, it was a huge cast and they're not going to be like, Oh, here's, there's Kathy, you know, right. let's be friends with her. <laughs> um, I just kind of hung out. Uh, and, and I guess I watched, I remember Stephanie Powers said to me one time, I was, I had some little scene with her and she was, she, she said to me, you know, when you talk to me, look me in the eye, never look away, just look right in the eye. Um, that was her acting tip for me, which was great. Um, but the only other person that I really kind of am in awe of and remember well is Rod Steiger, because not only was he in that, but he was in a, another, uh, mini series that I did called passion and paradise, which, uh, with Armando Sante, right? That's correct. He played my father, Rod Steiger. And I, I'm just like, I'm just, I don't know. I, I feel so sort of grateful for the people that I have been like able to work with. And I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have um, at the time, for sure. I mean, Anthony Hopkins was in uh, Hollywood Live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's insane, the people that were in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sims was like an insane cast. I mean, uh, let's, I'm looking it up here so I could actually be, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously looking up my own IMDb. Um, well, it was a little bit ago. I get that. I don't remember what I did was, last week. So, <laughs> Hello. Thank you very much. I can relate to that. Um, but, you know, Joan Collins, I played the young Joan Collins. Yes. Which is a weird casting right there. But Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre Aumont. Um, Stephen Burkhoff, Joseph Bologna, most of these people aren't even around anymore. Mm-hmm. Capuchin, um, James Ferentino. I mean, it was it, it was a cast of thousands. This was Giancarlo like Giannini. I mean, this was like Dynasty Knots Landing yeah, time, that's, that's right? Carlin. Yeah, this was <laughs> Ex- mm-hmm, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there was lots of um, money in like television. Yeah, so I think these guys are also we're not um, necessarily getting movies that they wanted right. to get. So right. they were like, do the mini series. Mm-hmm. Doing the mini Gene Kelly was in him. Gene Kelly. And I'm a <laughs> dancer. Come on. Right. Um, although I didn't work directly with him, but, uh, and it, they must've been getting some money probably. I mean, a lot of these things were spelling things and he yeah. was making a ton of stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, but just, and I got to go to France and work in France for right. three weeks. It, it was a, a really fun time. The eighties were fun. <laughs> right, were that's fun. why we're doing this whole podcast. Yeah. And you were you were on Ooh. fire in the eighties. You were doing shows like Night Rider. You you were doing. Then of course your films. You had the Last Starfighter. You're you're the uh, the hometown small girl. You're doing uh, the Night of the Comet where you were the badass zombie killer. How diverse are you? Well, let's try some comedy where you're trying to be the straight person to Jonathan Silverman Yes, in, in Weekend at Bernie's and, and you're nailing it. Because he's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so much fun. I had so much fun. You know how I, I talk about being like one of those people that is like 
like not Mary Warnock who's just sort of sitting there being cool and you know thinking about her character I'm like hello because in in, um, in Weekend at Bernie's uh, we mostly shot we shot in New York which was cool and then we shot in um, North Carolina and um, that, it was it was supposed to be um, you know uh, New York but uh, like the what about Hamptons the Hamptons mm-hmm. in Hamptons in New York, uh, but we shot in North Carolina, and um, they just kept instead of flying me back and forth from LA, they just kept me there in North Carolina. And so, whenever it was I got to work, I was so excited to work because I was bored. It would be like two weeks off, and then a couple of days of work, and then a couple of weeks off, and I'm like, oh my god, what's taking me now? And so when I go to the set, I'd be like, hello, I'm here, <laughs> And, oh, I think I was totally annoying to Man, Jonathan and Andrew. There are some <laughs> scenes from that movie. I mean, I watched it with my wife this weekend. Uh, can, can we talk about the scene where you go to his house <laughs> or his parents' house? That's right, the apartment in New York. Oh, and he just digs a hole deeper and deeper. I love that scene. Me too. So fun. That whole scene was so much fun to do. And, and Jonathan is just such a lovely guy. I I love Jonathan Silverman so much. Um, and then his father comes out, you know, and and (laughs) you know who that, who played the father, who played the father, you know, who Ted Kotcha, the director, that was the director. Yeah, that was the director. (laughs) And Andrew, Andrew McCarthy, who is a director now, mm-hmm. directed that scene. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, hey, I said so, that. <laughs> that. That scene, that's, by the way. Is, on her line, <laughs> husband and wife rivalry here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give that, the girl a break. <laughs> that, that scene, by the way, is my friend Andy Julia's most favorite scene, because that's his father to a T. Yeah. <laughs> He just oh discussed that. <laughs> what do he say again? He's that, like, I'm going to lay you out. Yeah, why don't you lay my clothes yeah, out? Yeah. Yeah. How about I lay you yeah, out? Yeah, because he's like the butler, right? He's, he's yeah. setting him up to be the butler. He's my uh, butler. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's so much fun. Such and a great concept. Yes. And man, that scene where he gets washed up on the beach as you're just laying there. <laughs> oh, my. Like Bernie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at, I was trying to uh, screen shoot, take a screenshot, I guess, of where we're lying on the beach. It's after the lighthouse, mm. and um, and we're on the beach, and he's going, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it either. And Bernie is like, you know, washing up on the beach behind <laughs> us. We're kissing. And the we're lying there kissing. It's perfect. Oh, the my cute, God. The timing is so hysterical. Oh, my God. It was so funny and I was trying to do a screenshot of that because um, it would be a great you know if you go to conventions and things it would be a great shot yes. for, kids, for people to, to get and um, I have a DVD and somehow you can't do a screenshot when you're playing the DVD I was so what? <laughs> no, it was just I do a screenshot on my computer and um, I still have a little I have an external DVD player for my laptop. Ooh, <laughs> so fancy. I know. Fancy <laughs> down to it. Oh, because computers don't even have DVD players in them anymore. But um, 
I was trying to do a screenshot of it, and uh, it came up just gray every time. So they have some sort of thing in there where you can't take a picture. Damn. We'll send that, you, that, that, we'll send you yeah, one. Go I, ju- I just Googled Weekend at Bernie's Beach Scene. Yeah, and there's and, and one there's, there. There's a really nice scene. My man Dan Morrow yeah. will get you that screenshot. <laughs> and, and it's you and Excellent. Jonathan Silverman with, with Bernie with just him laying, laying there. there behind uh, you. I love it. <laughs> hey, I Kat- love it. If it's, if it's a, a high enough definition, I can print one out. <laughs> Only the finest for you. And I have a question because you're, you're dealing with all, I mean, you came in green, you're dealing with all these big names, seasoned actors um i know that everyone has their own style like some people are the uh you know they they don't they don't break character when they're backstage or anything is that you like what is your style yeah, are you method or you just go with it she said she's like hi <laughs> Hello, give me a job i'm so happy to be here is that it yeah wow no, i mean i would be i would Obviously. totally be that way too oh Obviously, you have to focus at some point and you know, get a sense of your character and whatnot. But no, I am I'm not one of those people that have to, you know, mentally stay. In fact, it, it doesn't work for me at all because the more I sort of focus on what it is I'm going to say and my character and what my motivator, the more I get into my head mm. and it becomes less natural. I need to be sort of more... Um, I need to kind of leave it alone, like learn it and do all the work. And it's always, you always have to do the work, but then you have, for me, I have to like, let it go. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then you overthink I, it. You're an overthinker, aren't you? I, I'm a total overthinker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the worst overthinker. <laughs> so I, I don't know about that. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let it out. Let's let it out. <laughs> uh, at any rate, yeah, I, I'm. You know, I. Every actor has to do what works for them, and it's it's a process, and and it. I don't know. It it's hard to sort of nail down exactly. Uh, for me, anyway, I don't know. Maybe some actors just have this thing that they do every time, and it works perfectly. But it, 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 to me, it doesn't seem like it's it's kind of the the forum to do that. You know, it's it's such it's so random, and and uh, the way people see your work is completely different. And ev- if as whether they're critical or whether they think you're the greatest thing in the world, it's all valid. Because it's so subjective. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so you just kind of like, just you, you just do the best you can and try to, I guess, you just try to make it feel as real for yourself as possible. And what's so much fun about being an actor is you get to sort of live vicariously through all these different characters. Mm-hmm. We all have all these characters in us. <laughs> it's just like, I always wanted to be a rock and roll person, you know, and, and I got to do a thing called scenes in the gold mine. And I was just like, Woo-hoo! <laughs> you know? yes, I got to do this now. But you also and, got to do that got- with, with top class people. Um, I think the music uh, was from Brian Adams and Timothy B. Schmidt from the Eagles. Uh, Melissa Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge was in the film. Actually, she had a, a small role, right? Um, well, yeah, I guess 
she was. I'm not sure if she ended up in the final um, cut, the final cut, but she she was uh, up and coming at that time. Um, she wasn't Melissa Etheridge, and <laughs> Timothy B. Schmidt was in the movie for sure. And I was just like growing up. I was like massive. Eagles fan, and when he was in there, I was like, Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's the best, it's the best kind of work any, career, you know. Any roles out there that you wish you had, or not so much you wish you had, but you thought, I could, I would love to just have that role to do my twist, you know, do my little take of. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, well, you know, once you you see, I, I mean, I was up for lots and lots of stuff that um, became incredibly successful, right? Um, and you you sort of go. I, I mean, I auditioned for like Friends, for instance, <laughs> and uh, I I remember reading that script and um, what part this. It was for uh, Monica, I think. Okay. Um, uh, oh, for Pete's sake. Jennifer Aniston's role. What was Rachel. That was, oh, <laughs> excuse me, Rachel. I always get the mix up. <laughs> I love that show. I knew I, when I said Monica, I was like, no, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rachel. I read for the role of Rachel. And you kind of. I could kind of see it. Yes. Yeah. I could kind of see it. But. But can you now though? I mean, I mean, yes. I, I'm a, I'm a huge friends. I love friends. She's the I, one to know. But but I I do I can kind of like I'm he Dan has your like images up on the screen next to us, and there's one. Yeah. You're wearing a white shirt. Yes, and you have like kind of Suspenders. a looks like a suspender kind of thing, and your oh, your right, hands. Right, yeah, right. and I, that's Children what I here. I yeah. see that as like a Rachel. I really do. But I okay. mean, you probably would have brought something different to the character. Absolutely. Who knows? It would have been completely different. Yeah. It, it would have absolutely. I think. I think you me. and Matthew Perry would have clashed. <laughs> so, so, oh really? Yeah. So it's for the best. Best job. You know that was, that is always uh, always one that stands out to me because going into that, I'd read the script and, like I said, I thought it was a really good script, and you know see that a lot maybe 20 mm-hmm. percent of the time where you go wow this is fantastic right and i felt like that and i went in and i read and, and um i just and i obviously well i got it but i gave it to jenner no <laughs> <laughs> that's the story let, you I should tell that is the story you should tell i let her have it <laughs> but can you imagine? It would have been a completely different character, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but boy, it would have been nice to have those residuals. Oh yes, oh, like a million. Um, I have to tell you, like TBS mm. plays it all day. <laughs> yeah, do. it's a great show, and my kids are actually now yeah like, mine into it. When yeah, they, yeah, true. Yeah, you know who? Yours too. Any? Yep. Any actresses out there now that you think could be? Um, a young Catherine Mary Stewart, because you know who reminds me of you? Um, Do you ever watch Schitt's Creek? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have Alexis. watched a couple of Schitt's Creek. 
Okay. Let it grow on you. You got to watch this. You show. have to. You, you have to. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and, and now it's become this huge thing now. It yeah. is. It, it, it's going to, you're going to feel like you came very late to the party when, when you do get hooked on it. Start slow. <laughs> it's, yeah. We were like, why does everybody think it. this is great? And then it kicked in. And but, uh, there's uh, an actress, Annie Murphy. Yes. And yes, I could see it. I, I see. We're looking at the pictures now and, and she's, she's got your essence. And I, mm-hmm. I I, I, I definitely recommend you uh, you watch that. And you're also writing now and, and directing. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I have been um, looking up Annie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got She's a also Canadian. Now. She's also Canadian. Well, there you go. Oh, there she is. There oh, was she, did she play the, the daughter? The yes, sister, Alexis. The daughter? Yes, yes, Alexis yes, yes, yes. Rose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that was shot in Winnipeg or something. Uh, all Canadian. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have never really thought about who would, you know, be a young Catherine Mary Stewart. But um, what was the question? <laughs> I, mean, I think there's a lot of advice you can give to some of these young actresses. Did, did you ever think about, um, do, you, do you give classes or anything? Mentor. Like, oh, like, right. You were talking about writing and all that other stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because recently um, I've been approached. I have I have taught classes, um, acting classes, um, to a certain degree, and I've gotten into writing and um, a, a script that I wrote with my partner has been auctioned, which is kind of cool. So we're working our way through all that. Very cool. Um, and yeah, I really feel like what I would love to do moving forward is direct, which is cliche for an actor to say, but uh, the little bit that I've done, I just, it's, it's the control freak in me. Mm-hmm. Now, would you <laughs> but, like to direct, would you like to direct from a, an emotional standpoint or from a technical standpoint? Like, are you more story oriented or more like, you know, it's gotta be a, a 35 millimeter. It's gotta be this. It's gotta be that. Right. Um, well, I think that, I have a little bit of both of that. I mean, with the background in acting that I have, I think I'm very apathetic to acting and actors and whatnot. And I, I, I feel like um, perhaps it, I lean more towards the emotional side, I guess you could say, sort of as a, a broad stroke um, and, and, you know, really bring out the best in the actor, but I also uh, have spent a lot of time behind the camera, and I really appreciate photography so much, and the the that side of the vision, the look of the film, the feel, which gives it such a feel and an essence, you know, so very, very important. So, um, one of the things that would be a huge priority for me is the director of photography and, and being in sync with him and really having a, a solid conversation and foundation as to what it was we were trying to accomplish. Funny you say that. that level. Funny you say that. I just started following you on Instagram and I was taken back because your photography is most excellent. Oh, thank you. I'm looking yeah. at your flowers and your nature and all oh, your good yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, I have a thing, hashtag nature on a leash, because I live in New York, so it's like mm. <laughs> poor little flowers, yeah. you know, struggling to get through, like, fences and things like a that. crack in the sidewalk um, with a little flower rose from the concrete. Exactly. <laughs> I'm but, from Yeah, a- I mean... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm from William. I spent a few years in Williamsburg, and you know what I miss the most? Uh, totally off topic for movies, but I miss biking around the city. Do you ever hit the two wheels? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There, you know, in New York, they've really tried to create much more access for bicycles and things like that. And they have that whole city bike thing. Every uh, Whatever city has these, you know, sponsored bicycles. This one is City Bank, but there's there's City Bicycles, and so there's more access for people to get around. I, I love that whole concept of um, you know creating space for bicycles. Yes. There's so much traffic. Oh my here gosh! In I, New got York. Hit, I got hit by like four taxis while I was there. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, they're crazy. I'm telling you, it's oh crazy. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but oh yeah, I have a bike. I'm sitting in my living room as we speak, and it's been too cold. But yeah, I I really try to cycle as much as I can. I I try to be outside as much as I can. Yes. that's my kind of jam. Is like I'm not a gym person. Uh, I'm more of a like in our building we have a gym, a regular gym with all the weight equipment and junk. But we also have a yoga studio, and that's where I spend my time because I, of my back, uh, my dance background. You know, I I have many different workout routines that I I do in there, um, and then but I also have to get outside and breathe some air. Mm. Um, so I'm back. I'm still. In, I'm so glad we're not on camera right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, because I'm still in my workout jones from today. That's the beauty of a podcast. <laughs> Dan, can I ask? I ask. I have one more question. It's totally unrelated to movies. Yeah, sure. Go this- ahead. You've been kissing her ass. Whole- <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. I cannot stop. And I, it's about to go to the next. I love you, by the way. Yes, I love you too. And uh, this might go to the next level with the ass kissing. But listen, I've uh, just been watching your your movies from the eighties, and uh, I took a little peek into Rock and Roll Christmas and all the stuff you're doing now. And you Hallmark. were absolutely beautiful back then. You're beautiful now. I just I, I need some tips. I need to, I'm becoming, I'm almost 40 and I need to know. Oh, shut up, Sam. How do you, I'm sorry, guys. I know that was rude. But how, how do you still look so good? Oh, that's very sweet. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I've always looked about 10 years younger than I am, mm-hmm. which was great back in the 80s because nobody really knew how old I was. There was no such thing as IMDb. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so that's, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because I'm, you know, I look younger than I am, but, but people will look at my age and go, no, she can't possibly do that. But, you know, I still, I have to say, I look at more recent things that I've done and I'm like, oh my God, I look so old. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. As my mother said, you know, the, we worked hard for these lines and, and things and we deserve that. Oh, you know, in a positive way. But my, both my parents look very young. I was too. just going to say like, it is mm-hmm. always it always comes down to the genes. It's not moisturizer. It is not ever ever moisturizer. Oh. I can guarantee it, you that not. it is the genes. You can thank your parents, your yeah. grandparents. I agree. 
Yes. And, and you're still working and going strong. You've, you've had a few titles released this year, uh, Deck the Heart, uh, mm-hmm, Death yes. Door, and you had a, a segment in New Amsterdam? I did. I love As that show. Oh, isn't it the best? I, I love, love it. that show. Do you watch that? Um, is that yeah. Prostitutes? No, no. It's a hospital. <laughs> oh, shut your mic off. I'm so sorry, Dan Morrow. Say goodbye to Sam. Forgive me, I'm new. <laughs> Say goodbye to Sam. No. <laughs> no, it is about a hospital. So, okay. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, so there's lots of hospital shows, of course. Yes. But it's, it's, it has kind of a comical twist to it, it as does. well. But it it's, does. It's also just hugs at your heart. Yes. Um, Love I it. got. I did New Amsterdam exactly at this time last year. Well, not exactly. A little earlier because they shut us down. Right. I was supposed to do another day of shooting, and it got canceled because of Corona. Yeah. And um, um, it, it they ended up because they couldn't shoot the final episode of the year. Everything shut down. Um, I was on the final episode of the season for uh, New Amsterdam, and it was a really super fun uh, character. She had some, I don't know, growth on her brain where she was, she, she was like extra, uh, she, she, she was basically seducing her husband's doctor. Oh. Not because she wanted to necessarily, oh, because but because there was something wrong some with her brain thing going on. Right. Yes. Right. So she was in the hospital with her husband who was <laughs> sick and she was like seducing his doctor. It's really funny. Um, it was a really, really super fun role to play. And, and it was also like exactly when COVID happened mm-hmm. and, and I just felt so grateful that I got the job before right. this whole shutdown. Uh, so I, I had a great time. It's so funny you bring that up because I was just talking to the director of that show today and looking at some of the, uh, looking at the episodes. Um, uh, yeah, because it, it, it was it, it was more of a little comical thing for me to play again, which I miss playing. You know, I play a lot of, mm. you know, dramatic roles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, uh, in, these days I play some of the alcoholic mom. <laughs> 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 which I have to say is also very fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, being the mom, like, is there now? Okay. This might be a dumb question, but I'm a teacher. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Is there any, is there any chance for a starfighter part two? Well, there is, there's a (gasps) huge chance. Apparently. I mean, they've been, they have been talking about this for a while. Jonathan Betchel, the original writer writer. of, of the script. So there's this whole thing now with the Writers Guild of America where after 30 years, like Universal owned it for 30 years, Mm -hmm. but after 30 years, the rights to the script are turned back over to the writer. And so he now um, controls it. He owns it again. So he can shop it to other studios. Exactly. And this has been something they've been talking about. Nick Capsule a decade ago, Lance and I and um, Nick had lunch and he was telling us all about the sequel, the idea for the sequel. Um, but they had to get the rights from Universal and they were working on that. And Universal was like, yeah, you know. Um, but there, I mean, Nick literally uh, announced it during a convention a couple of years ago. 
so that they were working on the sequel and they're they're selling they're you know shopping it around and and ironically Universal is interested. So yeah, it is totally out there. You know what? You know I what? have. Tell him to forget the studios and go straight to the uh, to the streaming services like Amazon and Netflix yeah. and stuff. Because good idea. Yeah, yep. that's the way that's to go. Good idea. Yeah, and it would be if we're going to do a sequel. You know, it, how can you lose with the original writer and and I think Nick Castle's in, involved as well. So mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. Yes, the and, original and actors they, must be in it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it. It's like it's like the next. There's so much you could do. Sam, I'm going to give you the last question. Oh, man, you've answered so much for me. But like, <laughs> honestly, I would love to know because I'm like... I have I made it clear I'm a fan. Oh my gosh, yeah. Sam, stop it. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. It's I, embarrassing now. I'm so sorry. I'm turning red. <laughs> Listen, uh, I just want to know future. Is there any roles in the future that you definitely want to hit? Like, is there any type of character that you haven't gotten to play yet that you would love to play? Oh, wow. That's that's a big question because I sort of go, you know, it's like, what is out there in the universe and w- w- will it come to me? Mm. I mean, it, it's almost like um, with each thing that is presented to me, is this something I want to do? It's, it's hard to sort of say this would be the ultimate role because I feel like in a way, I'm waiting for somebody to show that to me as opposed to me like looking for it. Right. Um, I, you know, I think that there's so much room for female character driven movies. I know this is a cliche kind of um, conversation these days is, you know, empowering, you know, females and directors and all that junk. Um, It's, it's, it's important and Mm -hmm. it's, it's, time um but there's so much uh that that i think women can bring to characters that hasn't really been mined yet Mm -hmm. and i i can't wait to see what people come up with but as a as a sort of i guess mature actor you could be a divorcee mother of five badass zombie killer Ooh. Oh that drinks gosh. too much. That, that drinks. drinks too much. <laughs> She's I mean, had yeah, one too many is, bottles of wine. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of cool being, you know, I guess ha- having been around as long as I have. You just have almost so described me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do feel She's like so I have so much to that I can bring now mm. in a way that mm. I, that, you know, I just kind of like, sort of touched on before. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, there's so, so much. I mean, the script that I've been working on, I'm not going to give anything away, but the the female character, it's about a mother and daughter. It's a mother-daughter story, but they're both incredibly complicated characters. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That would be a project to, for me to direct and to be in as well to, to play the, the female lead or the mom, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it's incredibly challenging. It will be very challenging, but very real. 
very relatable on so many levels in a contemporary way. So that is something I'm, I'm really looking forward to pursuing and hopefully it'll, you know, come to fruition. And people can find you at KatherineMaryStewart.com. If That's they, they, correct. Um, actually, my site is down at the moment. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've mom. been working on that for a while. <laughs> but, um, they have Facebook, Catherine Mary Stewart, uh, you know, on Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I love hearing from people. And, and um, I get emails at info at KatherineMaryStewart.com. So if anybody wants to be in touch with me that way. But I really, really try to stay in touch with people or stay on top of, you know, messages and things like that. So I can vouch don't for that because, because I emailed you and you answered immediately. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The email is like really the most direct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. My pleasure. This has been so much fun. Yeah, it has. Wow. Catherine Mary Stewart. We thank you so much. And, and um, we'll be sending you a little, a little something as well. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. All right. Well, thank you so is much. Is it sweet? Will it be sweet? <laughs> <laughs> if you want it to be. Yes, yeah, Sam will get you. And if you ever write a role for a pro wrestler teacher, I'm your guy. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just love that so much. I, I, I will. I will keep you in mind. Yes. For sure. We'll have to Maybe send, we can fit you into my script. We'll have to okay. send you a picture of us at your, um, your email so you can see what what we yeah we will yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely we'll do, that. do that i would love that thank that you would be so, so much you're welcome you thank rock you. Catherine. have a great new year <laughs> yes you too thanks guys <laughs> bye-bye bye 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 take care you guys see ya you too Dude. No, you first. Oh, she's still there. <laughs> she's still there. She wants you to hang oh, up first. Oh, she's one of those. She's one of those. You hang up first. Are we going to be one of those, we're going to hang on the phone until <laughs> one of us That's gives right. in? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you hang okay. up first. I love you. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. I'll count to three. I'll count to three. One. One. Two. Three. Two to lose. We just hung up on Catherine Mary Stewart. No, she hung up first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how cool was she? I haven't done that since Since talking to you. (laughs) 16 years old. (laughs) Hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Bye bye. (laughs) (laughs) You're still there, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah, I'm still here. I hear you breathing. She she will respond. You can email her at info at KatherineMaryStewart.com. Catherine Mary Stewart, man. I didn't embarrass us too much, did Not I? Not at all. No. Oh, she was too cool, wasn't she? She was absolutely awesome. Yes. She was absolutely awesome. I got all the questions in. Another one, another great guest that I expected 10 minutes the most. <laughs> Dude, I can't, how can I thank you for pr- bringing this upon my life, man? This, this is fun. <laughs> I, I was, was going to scream that. like during the, during the show, I just wanted to scream, like, this is fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess we can curse now that Catherine did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, man. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, my God. You you are so welcome. You are so welcome. And, hmm. That was the wrong. Oh, there it is. There we go. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram at the Nostalgia Cafe. And if you want to find out more. What? I love that. Wait for it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sam Seitel's Pillars of Hamilton. That's on Podbean. You can it's find everywhere, that. everywhere. Okay, Dan Morrow's show as well. You can find that all listening platforms. The beautiful Karen Lynn. You can find her at Embellished by Karen Lynn on Instagram. We love you, Karen. Love you too. What's going on with Pillars of uh, Hamilton? Pillars of Hamilton. We got an episode dropping tomorrow. I'm still talking to the good people of Hamilton. It's, uh, it's a good time. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a great night, everybody. See ya.